Well, good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's. It's really great to have you with us and welcome to those who are joining us online. And we're beginning our new teaching series today on the Holy Spirit. I'm impatient. Life is really hard for people like me. Why hasn't science figured out a way to make water boil instantly? Like what are we, cave people? It's hard for people like me to have to text with people who don't understand texting. You know those people, you're too cool for responding promptly office crush, or your dad who just figured out texting. Trying to meditate. Life is hard for impatient people. And we're all impatient for something, and Pentecost is the solution. Because on Pentecost, we are celebrating how the Holy Spirit has already begun the work of making God's future real now. God's future, but real now. And understand how this works and why this is fantastic news for our daily lives as spiritual seeker and disciple alike. What we need to do first this morning is understand what was happening on the original Pentecost, the original Pentecost. So first, the original Pentecost. And I don't mean the one we just heard read about. The one that's 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, uh, 10 days after Jesus had returned to be fully in God's presence. Uh, the one where the physician Luke records uh, about 120 friends of Jesus gathered on the top floor of someone's house uh, wondering what to do next. Like, do we go on LinkedIn or do we just sit tight? The one where a holy hurricane burst upon them and any of them, before any of them could get safely under a table, that hurricane had blown through the whole house, sparking flames of fire amid the chaos, landing on each of them and filling them with the, the Spirit of God. The one where that holy hurricane then pushed new breath out of them into languages they didn't speak. And people from all over the world who were in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost came leaning in through windows, surprised to hear someone speaking in their own language so far from home. The one where those 120 disciples began telling everyone who would listen about the incredible things that God has done. And before the day was over, 120 had become 3,000. And disciples who, couldn't, who didn't think they could tie their shoes without Jesus had become dynamic leaders. No, not that one. That's not the original Pentecost. At the time of Jesus, Pentecost already existed as a popular Jewish festival, celebrating how after the very first Passover, when the Jewish people had escaped slavery in Egypt about 1,500 years before, led by a man named Moses, they were fleeing towards the Promised Land the nation of Israel, and how approximately 50 days into that epic journey, they came to a mountain called Sinai, where God was going to meet them. You can read all about this in Exodus chapters 19 and 20. And God came down on that mountain in wind and fire, and the mountain shook, and the Israelites were like, we really want to hear from God, but there's no way we're going up that mountain with all that wind and fire. Moses, we got your back. You go up the mountain. And Moses does. Moses meets with God, and he brings down the law, the most famous part of which is the Ten Commandments. With the law, 
now giving this ragtag bunch of Israelite tribes a new way to live their daily lives, binding them together as a nation. What happened on Mount Sinai? That was the original Pentecost. And it's celebrated to this day by our Jewish siblings as Shavuot. And this strange personal presence of God shown in wind and fire on Mount Sinai then leads the Israelites forward through the desert as pillars of cloud and fire towards the promised land, the place where they would ultimately live as God's people. And you see, this land for the Israelites, it was their promised inheritance. I'm going to give this land to you, says God. It'll be fantastic. And the spirit of God that, sends, that God sends with them on this journey is both a foretaste of the promise, right? They get to enjoy some of God's presence now, as well as the way that they were going to inherit the full promise. Stick close to the spirit of God and you'll reach the final destination eventually. Which is why the early Christian writer Paul, when talking about the Holy Spirit, that strange personal presence of God, uses the language of down payment. He uses a Greek word, erebon, which translates as engagement ring, a sign in the present of what is promised for the future. And an engagement is a wonderful time. All the joy of loving someone in the present with still so much more to look forward to, with the ring as a tangible sign of both the present love, but also the hoped for future. And Paul's point is that the Holy Spirit is both the present love of God in your life now, while also pointing us towards the future. So there's this important and exciting journey. We go from Passover, escaping a slavery in Egypt, to Pentecost, meeting God in wind and fire on Mount Sinai, and then to the promised land, God's promised future. With the strange personal presence of God, the Spirit guiding the Israelites like an engagement ring on the journey. God's promised future was being made real for the Israelites in the present. They now had God's law showing them how to live their lives uh, in a way that would lead to flourishing. Don't sleep with your friend's wife, it'll only end in tears. Take one day a week for rest from work, trust me, it's a good rhythm. And this way of life was a taster of what life could be like in the promised land. The land that the Spirit of God was leading them towards. Where, if they stuck to their end of the bargain as God's people, it would be great. God's future, freedom from slavery, living in the promised land. It was being made real for the Israelites in the present. So Passover, original Pentecost, promised land. Now watch this. Watch this, and then we're going to apply it to our lives here in Toronto. At Easter, 50 days ago, we celebrated how Jesus, the Passover lamb, was sacrificed once and for all so we could ultimately be free from the slavery of sin and death. And then in today's reading, we come to the second Pentecost. But this time, nobody has to go up a scary mountain. God's coming down. God's coming to us. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. 
And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. In the Bible, God is frequently reveals God's self to us as fire, right? The burning bush, Mount Sinai, uh, the pillar of fire in the desert. Why? Because fire is powerful. It's needed for life and it's a bringer of death. Fire purifies, it's beautiful, and it's not safe. We need it, but we don't want to touch it. It's like those Israelites looking up Mount Sinai. We like to be near the fire, but we don't want to touch it. Most people in our city they believe in God, and they'd actually be interested in hearing from God. But we don't want God actually in our lives. Whoa, Moses, you go up the mountain. We'll just stay down here. But this time, the second Pentecost, God has come down in fire. Not just on one person, a mighty Moses or a defiant Deborah. No, this time... The fire of God's strange and personal presence has separated into individual flames resting on each of the people gathered in that room. Verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. All people. So Passover, second Pentecost, today. And then promised land. What is that promised land? What is that inheritance that the Holy Spirit is leading us towards? Well, there's a British scholar, N.T. Wright, and he puts it like this. This inheritance, it isn't a disembodied heaven, neither is it simply one small country among others, Israel. The whole world is now God's promised land. At the moment, the world appears as a place of suffering and sorrow, as well as beauty, but God is reclaiming it. That's what Jesus' death and resurrection were all about. And we're called to be part of that reclaiming. Our current world, it's not our final destination. We're on a journey, Passover, Pentecost, promised land, because there's a future, God's future, which the Bible describes using poetic language of a, a new heaven and a new earth where all broken things are healed, all beauties restored. A future where those who want to be fully in God's presence, you can have it. And you don't even have to wait. Because glimpses of that future, they're becoming real now, thanks to the work of the Holy Spirit. The future is reclaiming the present, the way that in an engagement, you're getting a foretaste of the joy of marriage to come. Let's end by trying to apply this to our impatient lives. How does the Holy Spirit make God's future present today? At the original Pentecost, only Moses went up the mountain to meet with God. Now the fire has come down, and the Spirit of God can be poured out on all people who want it. If you are a Christian, then the Spirit of God is already active in your life, even if you're not always aware of it. And if you're spiritually searching and you want the Spirit to be poured out on you as well, it can be. And while it won't happen with individual flames of fire, that, that was unique at a unique time. The Bible's clear. The Spirit is for all people, 
Thankfully, God's standards are really low. And this is great news for impatient Torontonians because we're given the spirit for a purpose. God's inviting us into partnership and letting the future break into the present. How does this work? Just ask. Spirit of God, I need you. Help me. Just ask. If you need to heal a relationship by forgiving someone and absorbing the pain, ask the Holy Spirit to grab a bit of the wonderful future where all relationships are restored and give it to you now and empower you to heal that relationship. Just ask. If you need to share the wonder of Jesus with your children or your friends, ask. Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to share the future with them now in the present that you want for them. Just ask. The Spirit of God is already on the divine payroll, has to help you. Every time a body is healed in a hospital in this city, a new church is planted, affordable housing is built, or a ceasefire is negotiated somewhere in the world, that's the Spirit leading people to take hold of the future and letting us have a share of it now as pleasure, but also a promise of what is still to come. And we need that promise of God's future because we won't receive everything we yearn for in this earthly life. You know that. This future in present living that we just need to ask for, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives today, giving us a hunger to be the kind of people that the deep down inside we all actually wanna be, guiding us, grieving over our failings, and then celebrating the small steps we take towards God's future. And this is why St. Paul's Blur Street looks the way it does. <laughs> Knowing that when God's future has fully arrived, we've got that promise of all peoples speaking every language on the planet, being united by the mercy of God. Knowing that future, the Holy Spirit produces churches like this. Look around, look around right now, look around. This is beautiful, it's beautiful. This is the future breaking into the present. And while this future and present living that the Holy Spirit empowers, it means we don't have to wait for all the pleasure, it won't be pain-free, right? Because followers of Jesus are, we're called to live by the hopes and standards of the future world, not the present one. Problem is the present one won't always be pleased. The Spirit brings disruption. It brings change, which is why Christian community is so important for people learning how to follow Jesus. It's our accountability and it's our encouragement. We're all impatient in different ways. And here at St. Paul's, we believe the Spirit of God can be poured out on all people. You, just ask, just inhale. The worst thing on Pentecost Sunday is to just talk about the Holy Spirit. All through the service that's gonna continue to unfold, there are gonna be opportunities for you to ask for the Spirit in your life, in the singing, in the prayers, in the bread and the wine. And if you're searching, maybe it's gonna be the first time that you ask for the Spirit. 
Or maybe you're already a follower of Jesus and the pilot light of the spirit is burning inside you, but you need the heat turned up. Just ask. The fire has come down the mountain. The spirit is here, not safe, but good, leading us towards our promised future. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Amen.